This is Dr. Jose Saldivar with another episode of the First Year Experience Podcast. Today, I'm joined by... Amy Weimer. Amy, Amy, give me all of your titles. Okay, so I actually fill a lot of roles at UTRGV. Um, first and foremost, I'm an associate professor in the Department of Psychological Science. So I study child development and I do a lot of research with students. I'm also the associate director for the Center for Bilingual Studies, and we focus on advocacy and research for bilingual children and families in the community. And most recently, I've become the associate dean for student academic success. And in this role, I help students become engaged in community research and service learning. So I have a lot of roles, and um, I love them all. That's awesome. Um, so I. I've asked Amy to join me today um, to talk about research and um, so just side note right when in with my students I've often found that my students often don't see themselves as researchers at least you know their first year right and so they come in and coming in from a public school where often I think they see themselves as uh, I'm a recipient of education mm -hmm. right whatever the teacher tells me is what I need to know and is how I should prepare. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it reminds me of the first class I taught here. I didn't teach first year students, I had juniors. And I asked them, what do you hope to learn from this class? And they said, around the room, in unison, they all said, whatever you tell us, we need to know. <laughs> I was really discouraged. I thought, oh my God, wow. But I know as, as for myself, as a student, um, I was encouraged to do research as a freshman. And for me, it was almost this life-changing experience because I, I felt like a fish out of water. A few podcasts ago, we did one on uh, uh, imposter syndrome. And so I, you know, my guests and I, we talked about feeling out of place in academia. When I, did, when I became a researcher, though, all of a sudden I became the expert, right? It was a topic that I was familiar with. It was a topic that I cared about and loved. And all of a sudden, I could tell people about it. I didn't have to wait for somebody to tell me about it. Tell me about your relationship with research. Tell me about why you, you, you're advocating for students to become researchers, to engage in the process so soon in their academic lives. Well, I really do think that it is transformative, as you've just described it, happening for you as a student. That's, that's a similar story to what I hear from so many scholars and students that are, are, are budding scholars, really. Um, I encourage students to get involved early because we talk a lot about critical inquiry and kind of scrutinizing what we read. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I always say to my students is just because you read it in a book doesn't make it true. And so I hope that students take that to heart because um, I also say just because I say something or another professor says something, that doesn't make the, the truth. Mm -hmm. If something kind of strikes you as curious and you're interested in it, really go pursue it yeah. and say, is this how I think things are really happening in the world? And for me, that's usually about child development. So you can do an observation and you mm -hmm. can see something and go, okay, I learned that this is how things are supposed to work, right? Or according to the book kind of working. Um, but challenge that and think about if that's what you've observed. And if you don't agree with it, then maybe you ought to study it. And I think we're such a young field in um, psychology especially, but in a lot of disciplines, that there's so much more knowledge we need to gain. And that's what students 
hopefully are inspired to do, go out and ask the questions that are burning in their own hearts about the topics that they're passionate about. And the best way to do that really is to get involved early mm -hmm. because um, having one experience is excellent, but having multiple experiences doing research with different professors gives you a breadth of, of knowledge so you can learn about um, different perspectives, different theoretical orientations. Yeah. Um, certainly as professors, we don't all agree on how things are happening. <laughs> and that's good because yeah. um, that allows our students to question and say, okay, well, who do I, where's my theory? Who do I resonate with? How do I think things work? And so having multiple experiences with different researchers gives them that um, opportunity to kind of form their own theory and if you do that early you have more of an opportunity to work with uh, multiple scholars so it's never too early I yeah. think um, it can be um, perhaps a little frightening to want to go approach an instructor but I promise you we're all real people um, <laughs> you know, uh, I really encourage students to go and look up the office hours and walk in and, and shake our hand and say hi uh, I'm in your your, this class, whatever it is, and I really want to learn more about what you do as a researcher. And whenever students have asked me that, I don't shut up. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think that's how most faculty members are about their own research. We love to talk about it, and if we have a student that's mildly interesting, they're going to be subjected to that for some, some time. Um, <laughs> so if you are interested in, just go by and talk to professors about their research and um, get involved early because that'll give you the opportunity, hopefully, to either work with multiple people or on multiple studies. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, I, one, I, and so this, this is being filmed, um, but for our listeners, your face lit up. So as you were talking about, about sort of even your own interests and, and how you encourage students to, that it's okay, it's okay to question, right, that little bit of inquiry, um, just seeing your face light up. Right. That was fascinating. Um, how do your students, because I feel like, you know, and, and you teach, how many classes do you teach? I've taught a, a lot of undergraduate courses, but right now um, I'm focused mostly on directed research with students. And okay. I have a lot of graduate students. I'm overseeing multiple thesis projects and things like that. Okay, so let's let's take a look at your undergraduates, right? Mm -hmm. And so I think again to my students, and I think about something you said. You said, right, not everything in the book is true. Mm -hmm. Not everything your professor says is true, right? Now this is this kind of information is in stark contrast to where where our students are coming from, where it's kind of like what I say is law, what I say is kind of the truth, right, so to speak. Mm -hmm. So how do your students respond to that when you encourage them? to question when you say it's okay to question. I've actually found that they enjoy it. Um, and we have assignments at times um, that, you know, it points out the fact that there's conflicting information. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we'll read popular parenting magazines and then look at research or, or find two different competing um, findings in, in different studies and look at maybe why there's differences if the sample maybe is different in one versus the other um, or if the popular um, press version of it has watered down the findings or somehow misrepresented the findings. So I think that once it's pointed out, it's mm -hmm. very obvious and probably is obvious already without my pointing it out to many of the students. 
um, that there's competing information out there. And yeah. so for them, it's like, oh, well, then how do I get to the heart of it? Mm-hmm. And that's when I can say you need to, uh, what is it that you want to get to the heart of? Like, what is the topic that really inspires you? Because that's what you should be spending your time mm-hmm. on. Um, so I also want them to follow their own curiosity. Yeah. Um, I always allow students to choose their own topics to write about um, with regard to like research development because I wouldn't want to do a study that I wasn't really passionate about either. Yeah. So, um, so I think that that's something that they have always embraced and really loved to be able to do, um, have the freedom of pursuing their own uh, topics. Yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So we're sitting here in your office. Mm-hmm. And we are in the Office of Engaged Scholarship and Learning. Mm-hmm. So tell us about these offices. Tell me about what, what is it that Engaged Scholarship and Learning does here at the university? Well, Engaged Scholarship and Learning is the office on campus that helps undergraduate students get connected. Mm-hmm. And that's with both faculty mentors in undergraduate research opportunities, um, but also with service learning and community. Okay. So um, the whole focus, the primary goal of this office is to help students find a way to connect with community and do hands-on learning experiences. So sometimes that really is in the lab and that's okay, Mm -hmm. Um, but it is a hands-on experience. Um, There's nothing like putting your knowledge that you've gained in a classroom into practice Mm -hmm. to really learn it, to have that deep level of learning. So I remember um, sitting through statistics courses and you know seeing the formulas drawn out on the on the board, um, and I could I could grasp them certainly, but it wasn't until I had my own data with my own people and each data point represented a person that I had interacted with, and I could sit there and play with it all and really figure out how things were relating within it that I got it yeah that I really figured it out. And that's what I think um, this office is about, is helping students have that connection with theory and practice and knowledge in the classroom um, and and also applying it to benefit the community. So service learning is about benefiting our community um, as well as learning from um, our community partners. So having a mutual a reciprocal relationship with them mm-hmm. and then it also involves a lot of reflection so um, writing or talking about or presenting about what it is that they've done in community uh, because that really does help them figure out oh I did do that I really figured out what that means to me and so that is uh, a part of the service learning experience is that reflection component yeah so we oversee that we help students have these opportunities um, around experiential learning mm-hmm. now, whether that's in the lab or or in the community um, but it's a hands-on experience and that's yeah. the, the core component of it yeah I I think it's fascinating that so you know as you were explaining the offices and so you've got research you've got service learning right mm-hmm. But I imagine for for many of our students, it, it must feel empowering to be able to say, just as you've just said, to take what you've learned in the classroom, to take the skills that you've learned, and then to take them back into your community and maybe possibly do research in your community, certainly do service learning into your, in your community. But, but being able to apply it and seeing it ev- put to use every day mm-hmm. in very practical ways. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and so that's what we do. We provide funding. Mm-hmm. We have uh, scholarships called the Engaged Scholar Award, and we do this three times a year. 
So you can get up to $2,000. Wow. Um, and that can be, uh, 500 of that can be awarded to your mentors so they can accompany you um, to a conference to present what you've been working on together. Uh, but it also can just be supplies, uh, materials, you can pay yourself wages. Uh, so these are, these are the ways that we facilitate these experiences for students is we provide funding. We also can connect students with a mentor. Um, we encourage all students regardless of their level. I know um, coming into the university, it can feel like I don't even know where to start. Yeah. And we'll start here because really that's a great place to be. Um, we will welcome you at any level. We'll, we'll connect you with a mentor. Uh, we know the faculty that really engage with students and um, sometimes they come to us and they say, hey, I want to work with some students, send yeah. me some this way so we can help make that connection for them. Um, but we also um, have workshops and institutes. So some over the summer, so especially for the first year students, they may want to check out our institutes and this can be to help them figure out how to apply for funding. It can help them um, learn how to present if they already kind of have something going on and they just want some tips about um, at that level, at the next level. And we encourage our previous students to come back and talk at that time to, you know, really have a peer-to-peer -peer exchange about what's this really like. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, a part of that. We have faculty panels that come in um, and, and also talk about it from a variety of disciplines. And one thing I really want to emphasize is that if you don't see yourself as a researcher, and you're more in the creative side of things, like creative writing or in arts, that's also fine. We fund creative works projects as well. So it can be a poetry reading, it can be a theatrical production. We have a lot of music students uh, that wanna do performances. Yeah. So the funding is applied broadly and it's for everyone and it's really not just for research. Yeah. So a lot of the students are seeking research funding, uh, but that doesn't mean that creative works projects are in any way um, lesser than because we have been increasingly funding creative works projects as they come in. So we're really open to that and, and highly encourage students that have creative energies to come to us for funding. And, and thank you for clarifying that because I think, you know, um, one thing that I missed and, and didn't speak to is just as it's empowering to do research and to study oneself or study community or study something, right, to ask that question, um, being able to produce something. So even if it's a creative work, so being able to contribute to knowledge, right, the, the knowledge base from existing knowledge base or creating something new. I think is, is also incredibly empowering for our students. So thank you for that work. Um, this sounds terrific, especially, you know, you mentioned all of the support that you provide to students, whether it's mm -hmm. financial support, right, the, the, the technical, the sort of the professional or the scholarly sort of development of them. That, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. um, so we're not just throwing students in, like, here, go do... Here's a research, go find a research project and go do it on your own, right? No, in uh, fact, we have a whole platform. Okay. So for service learning, uh, we have a platform called Engagement Zone. And if you are a student here and you see the little arrow circles on your My UTRGV login page, that's Engagement Zone. Check it out if you haven't done it. Create a profile. Basically what it is is a connection to all the community agencies out there mm -hmm. that need help. And they might just need volunteers, yeah. and so you could volunteer. But you could also um, find service learning opportunities there, especially if you're connected with an instructor who's teaching a service learning course. So there's a wide variety of agencies out there that really need um, educated individuals or individuals with knowledge in a specific area, 
And so that's how you can make a, a unique contribution to our community. So for example, um, you know, my students are in child development. We often talk about cognitive levels of children's reasoning and we talk about how to promote literacy. Well, schools really benefit from people who want to work with children, who have experience and knowledge about developmentally appropriate practices. So they flock to that to, to kind of add, you know, how can we get some people to come and help us out? But you don't have to do it around a certain scale. It can just be volunteering as well. So if you haven't checked that out, that's a great place to start is Engagement Zone. Yeah. Wow. That's mm -hmm. awesome. That's terrific. Mm -hmm. And so even if I'm lost, if I if I have enough direction to get to the Engagement Zone, I can that can take me to a number of yes. different places. Yes, and if you do it as a freshman, you can keep using it as a sophomore, a junior, and a senior. And then when you're finished, you can print out or create an experiential report. So this can be accompanying your official transcript so that when you apply for jobs or you apply for graduate school, you can say, I'm more than my GPA. I'm more than just my classes. Look at all these other things that I've done hmm. to contribute to to our community and, um, and demonstrate my leadership skills, yeah. right? My initiative, yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So, as we head out, Amy, um, where would you like to see the this program? Where would you like to see it go? Would you want to see it grow? Do you want to see more students doing research? Um, you know, looking down the road, you know, putting your... Yeah, so we have an upcoming conference in April, mm -hmm. and that's when we're going to showcase all of the students' service learning and research and creative works projects. And the first year I was involved in it, we had about 600 attendees, and then the next 800. This year we're projecting 1,000. So wow. when you ask me where I want to go, I want to get bigger. Yeah. Um, you know, we have invited a lot of the regional schools and institutions to participate this year, and it's kind of small at the point where we're just having um, those in South Texas kind of participate, yeah. but when you say, where do I want to go? I want to go across the state of Texas and certainly in Northern Mexico and make sure that we have um, a real collective presentation of the undergraduate research and service learning that's happening in the area and this fusion of energy where we can really showcase what yeah. students have been working on. So I want to just continue to see it grow. That's where I'd like wow. to see things go, yeah. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. when, so when is the uh, when is the conference again? It's April tenth and eleventh, okay. and so it'll be both in uh, first in Brownsville and uh -huh. then in Edinburgh, and we um, encourage all students to come. I mean, even if you're not presenting, there's going to be some giveaways, and it's it's a great opportunity just to walk through and see all of the projects. All the posters will be there. You can talk with this, the other students who have been working on it. And you can ask them, like, how did you get involved in research? Like, what, what made you, um, you know, go in this direction? Mm -hmm. Or you can just come and sit there through a presentation <laughs> and take it all in. If that's your level, that's also fine. Yeah. Um, it's really open to everybody. There's probably going to be a lot of things outside as well, so you can walk through. Uh, we're hoping to get some food trucks and things. So um, it really is an invitation to all, and we hope that um, we have a lot of students and faculty come by and just really soak it in. Wow. So for our students out there, for our listeners, if you are interested in doing research and don't know where to start, um, you know, come by the Office of Engaged Scholarship and Learning. Go by the conference on April 10th and the 11th. The 10th, it'll be in Brownsville, and the 11th, it'll be here on the Edinburgh campus. Mm -hmm. So go and check it out. Um, go talk to the students and see what kind of work they're doing. And 
and and and get inspired get inspired to go out and do research for yourself and and go out and question mm-hmm. question everything um any final words amy no just thank you i appreciate you letting me get the word out about this this is something i'm very passionate about and i appreciate this opportunity no thank you thank you for taking the time i know you're busy with all of your titles and everything that you've got to do so thank you for joining us on the first year experience podcast um this concludes another episode of the first year experience podcast um check us out on itunes and soundcloud and uh, we'll see you next time bye-bye